0: To the K. To the K. Hello one and all, welcome to the A to the K wrestling show We're ju- uh, Joining us today we have psychic medium and host of the Spirit Speak Easy podcast Former WWE diva Joy Giovanni Joy, thank you so much for joining us today Oh
1: my gosh, what a fancy welcome Thank you guys for having me, <laughs> it's an honour to be here
2: I oh, know, thank you very much um, So we thought we'd, we'd start we could cuts at sort of the beginning of your wrestling career, I suppose so um so just starting off by asking sort of how the opportunity come about to be part of the the diva search and and if you were a fan of wrestling growing up
1: well, it's very generous of you to call it a wrestling career so <laughs> thank you for that it's very generous um I did watch wrestling when i was a kid i grew up in boston and most of my cousins are from like the philadelphia area and so it was really popular back in not to date myself i was a kid in the kind of mid to late 80s um and we would play wrestling probably just like most other kids did back then and it was in that generation of um uh, mouth of the south jimmy hart and hulk hogan and all the all the greats that we remember from back in the day. So I I did watch it. uh, And then as often happens, as we grow and have other interests in our lives, completely forgot that it existed, (laughs) just wasn't a part of my (laughs) experience anymore. Um, And by that time I was doing some acting and modeling in LA I live not too far from Los Angeles and and really was working on my career in that way and had been working really hard. I, I earned my way into SAG, which is a Screen Actors Guild, and I was just kind of chipping away at more of a traditional film and television career, trying to, you know, bit little parts and and this and that, how it works. Um, And it was actually an audition that I got sent on uh, for the diva search initial pool of girls that they were women, I should say that they were (laughs) looking for, they they kind of did. I I hate to say it this way. It's like a terrible term. And hopefully they're moving away from it. But they used to call it cattle call, quote, unquote, I'm just like, send us every remotely hot girl you have (laughs) that's kind of what it was so i was on this audition with i mean more than 100 other girls and that was only the los angeles audition i'm aware that they did like multiple all over the us
0: yeah wow (laughs) it's uh throwing you into the deep end um what was kind of obviously they kind of dwindled that down, obviously, and, and you know, you kind of made the um, the final list that we got to see on TV. Yeah. What was kind of the reaction in the in the locker room from you know from the other divas, uh, you know, to the Diva Search contestants? Was everyone quite welcoming, or you know, and, and did that change a little bit after the uh, dodgeball game at Summerslam?
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I, I think it's the way it's portrayed. I guess from the outside, from what everyone can see just on TV, I think it's so misleading so originally they dwindled us down to i think it was like 20 or 25 and then if you remember they did that like new york special we -hmm. had no interaction with anyone else except a few gentlemen from the company at that time you know whoever was there for those auditions and that new york thing um and then when they moved us over for the weekly televised i guess competition segment as a regular part of the show we were there in the arena with them but we were kept totally segregated from them and only brought out of this our own locker room which i think it's even a little bit of a stretch to call it a locker room it was it was not like i mean it was probably the as big as like a a decently sized bedroom it wasn't very big um and they wanted to keep us almost like sequestered so we didn't know what was going on we didn't know a lot about the show and i think the problem if there, if you can even call it a problem came when they didn't explain to the existing talent roster that that's what they were doing and so it appeared to other people like we just all didn't want to interact with anyone um and as you know there are kind of rules backstage where you're supposed to like yeah do things in a certain way so we just (laughs) came off as really rude but it wasn't our intention we were all just kind of nervous you know you're still on an audition and you're getting told you're to stay in this room and don't come out unless we come get you kind of a thing we had a bathroom in there and everything we would need um So it was, it was set up in a strange way. And I think a lot of people don't know that part. So it's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So um, obviously as part of it, you you took part in a a lot of different segments each week. um, And one of them sort of notably was, was Diss the Diva. So I just sort of wanted to sort of touch on that. And then obviously from a a fan perspective, the segment sort of felt very personal at times. So is that, I mean, did you sort of plan what you would say to each other beforehand or was that sort of, uh, more off the cuff? Uh,
1: yes and no. So if you recall, it's been a really long time ago. And quite <laughs> honestly, you don't look old enough to recall any of this. But <laughs> um, if you recall, the week before was when they called us each individually into that room that just had the television screen, and we were to say who we would vote mm-hmm. off and why. Yeah. Um, I, I want to take you back a little bit to just remember that time period in mm. culture and in history. Um, as a woman, actor model in LA, you were considered undesirable if you were married or had children, you would like mm-hmm. not get roles because of it, because then you were a liability, they wouldn't have as much claim on your time, that kind of a thing. Um, so really, the, the personal attack came from someone else oh, against no. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because
1: I was outed on international television that not only was I married, but I was a mom of two kids, and nobody knew that about my agents didn't know. And I got called aside even after that segment by all the higher ups. And they were like, do you you have kids? I mean, they didn't make it an issue because Mm -hmm. I kind of, you guys will like this. I I don't think I've said this before. Um, One of the things I said to them, which I'm not the most quick-witted in these situations, I was very taken back. And I mean, anytime you're going to talk about someone's kids when they're not expecting it and then a camera's on you to see your reaction, like I was just like, okay, I have to like not not make a scene um, i just kind of said to them in that private call aside after was like wow it's really concerning that a company who bases so much on privacy and things that go on backstage being private to have this happen just seems like it'd be kind of counter to the culture here that was kind <laughs> of how i left it yeah. um and then the next week as you were asking about we did just <laughs> the diva um, several of us kind of chatted about what we might say i will tell you we did ask those that were in charge of the segment are we allowed to say anything like are are we limited by language or or should we not use profanity and they said say whatever you want so the other thing that we didn't know is the the main talent of the show they had just implemented something to where they were going to get fined for using profanity and (laughs) not only did they not tell us but they gave us green light to say whatever we wanted so you could kind of see them setting up this I don't even think it was intentional this strange dynamic between like who do these girls think ladies whatever think they are coming in here flagrantly disregarding all of our rules and all of our culture and um yeah so it it was a little strange that's kind of how that happened
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, you know, potential for fines in that segment. Uh, a lot of S bombs being dropped. Yeah. Um, obviously, um in that in that particular. So, I was going to ask you about the the segment with with Carmela because um, I I couldn't believe it at the, at the time as well. I, I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> like, you know, did did WWE want to, you know, obviously not want that to get out and and things like that. You know, what what was their stance? You know, did they say anything after, or do, you know, did you think your place in the competition may have suffered so as a result of Carmela revealing that?
1: Um, I wasn't. It's a good question. I wasn't worried about my place in the competition, quite frankly, because of my SAG standing and stuff. My intention was to do other work. I thought mm. every week from the first week, I was surely going home that week. I was astonished to be there as long as I was. Um, but I was more worried about my livelihood because mm. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get hired now. This is going to be a problem. And I think the, the most off point, thing was she and I were not friends or acquaintances before whereas some of the other girls we kind of knew each other and passing mm-hmm. from work in LA that kind of thing um and others where we were new friends but the only reason it was known that I had kids was because my kids were small I'd never been away from them and I was calling them multiple times a day to talk to them to you know to comfort them and let them talk to me and so it, it just felt so like uh, stab in the side you know yeah. um I don't know. I feel like people's families are supposed to be off limits. And I, I yeah, guess I maybe I just assume too much on that one. So, I mean, it's been a really long time, obviously,
2: now. Yeah, yeah, of course. course. So, um, obviously, despite not winning the competition, you did go on to sign with uh, with WWE. Um, so, I just wanted to ask sort of what, what the process was like for that. And sort of did they did they sort of reveal what they had in mind for for you once you signed
1: with them? In true WWE fashion, (laughs) they reveal very little to anyone (laughs) outside of the writers room meeting. Um, No, not only did they reveal to us through the competition, like what we were going to be doing that week, so we never knew what was coming. Um, Even when I came on board with them, some months had passed, I just was back to my regularly scheduled, you know, work and auditioning and all that. And then someone reached out to me in the fall, I want to say, because I think my first time back was just before the Thanksgiving episode. I think they had mm-hmm. me doing some little segments with maybe Carlito at the time. Um, so they just kind of said, we're, we're thinking of, you know, would you be open to coming and working with us and seeing, you know, and they really didn't, uh, didn't say very much. But if you kind of put it in perspective, when someone is acting in other people's projects, you don't get to know what the script is or what you're going to do. I mean, you get the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the pages, obviously, you know what the script is, but like you're just being directed by someone else. So it's not like you're going to have a whole lot of say in it anyway. So I wasn't thrown yeah. by that part, really.
0: No. Um, you mentioned, obviously, the the Thanksgiving episode and, and things yeah. like that. Obviously, you were involved in so many kind of fun um, and, and funny segments, you know, working with Kurt. And, you know, you mentioned Carlito and Luther Reigns and, yeah. and people like that. Um, Obviously, did you enjoy the kind of comedic side of that? And, um, you know, what was probably your favorite segment that you were involved in?
1: Oh, favorites hard, because I don't know that I even re- like sometimes I'll still remember them if I... First of all, I have to tell you, I can't believe people even still know who I am or remember any of that, that time that I was there because obviously I didn't actually wrestle or do do anything like that. Um, so I'm always grateful. Once in a while, people will post a photo that I just haven't seen in a long time or like from a segment and it'll kind of remind me. I did like that comedic side. I I was able to have just little bits of input here and there about you know tweaking things or Um, we should do it like this, or maybe, uh, you know, the one that I think everyone remembers who remembers me at all is that one with the towel and the shower, which was like an (laughs) extended segment throughout the show. That towel started out really, really long. I mean, I'm kind of a small girl, I'm only five, three. So that towel came down to my knees originally. And then we were like, okay, we need to cut this towel. Um, and then they were trying to be very respectful. I had a bathing suit under, on, under there. And then I was like, well, you're going to see on my back that I have a bathing suit. So perhaps I could just, you know, there's those things you stick on the front when you're doing an open back scene or whatever. So then I suggested that and they were of course on board for that. Um, so things were covered, (laughs) but I, you know, we tried to kind of make it the most that it could be, um, Mm. it was a lot of fun. And I have to tell you, everyone that I worked with was so fun to work with, was really um, good at supporting the the work that we were doing and the scenes, and they understood the overall picture of what we were setting up with those storylines. And I think it was, it was a great addition to the storylines to then build up to the main event. Um, mm-hmm. So I think in that way, there were a lot of really good, and I, they just had me doing crazy stuff all the time, which <laughs> for the most part, I didn't find out till that day when I got there.
0: Wow. You know, you, like you know, crazy. considering the amount of different things they had you do, it's crazy that obviously you're just okay. Here's what you're doing. You have to kind of roll with the punches.
1: Yeah, they would just kind of say, bring you know a bikini every week, bring like a clubwear outfit and and like a an athletic outfit, and then you just see what's going to happen <laughs> from there. Wow.
2: Um. So there's one I, I wanted to ask about storyline, uh, which you were you were the the big show's girlfriend. Um, so I just wanted to ask what it was like working with, with Paul White, especially. I mean, obviously, he's a, a giant of a man, especially compared to yourself, as you say, you've been five three. Um, so how did you find the, the sort of the, the romantic storyline with Paul?
1: Um, it was a, a little awkward, if I'm honest, just because mm. we became kind of buddies backstage, yeah. and uh, I I met his wife at the time. She was a really lovely, but tough girl. And then weeks later, we find out we have to do this kissing scene. And I was also married and it is part of acting, but at the same time, it's like, you have all these people around. And I was like, I I hope your wife is gonna be okay with this. And so there was a lot, I think, going into it. So I know for me on screen, it appeared maybe not so romantic as as perhaps (laughs) people might've wished. he's an amazing actor though which is surprising it was surprising to me but even just in his behind the scenes antics there's times where because we were friends he would kind of like come and find me in the day and say i need to tell you something something happened and i was like what do you what do you mean and he kind of called me off to the side and he he started like tearing and like little tears were falling and i was like what is going on and he had me hook line and sinker and he was like i'm just kidding like i mean he's just (laughs) <laughs> I'm like horrible she's such a good actor he's really a great a great actor and i feel like they underutilize him in that way yeah. just because of his size and stature i mean i think he's stereotypically yeah. used for more for that but he's an amazing actor yeah i mean to
2: be honest it's like you say with the size and stature i think we've seen that when he when he has broke into the acting world briefly like uh it was always to be a giant really wasn't it like yeah. with jingle all the way being an example mm-hmm. that i always remember from being a kid um so yeah i take your point it's probably uh, they missed him in that sense, but uh, no, it's it's nice to know because he always seemed like a really nice guy.
0: Yeah. Um. Obviously, you also had a feud with Amy Weber. Um. Yes. You mentioned, you know, uh, you, you know, did you get on well, uh, with, with Amy at the time? And you know, do you still stay in touch? And do you stay in touch with with anybody else from the company today?
1: Uh, Amy and I became friends kind of along the way. We didn't know each other. I mean, I think we met at the first audition. Uh, we both lived in L. A and not a lot of people in the company lived in Los Angeles. And so often we would end up on the same flights together or um, meeting up in certain legs of the trip. So she and I became friends and it's, as you could imagine, it's such a culture shock because it really, mm. there are, like we were talking about, this whole set of secret rules and, and almost a whole secondary language that's used that it's it is something to immerse yourself in and to learn. But as two outsiders coming into this, it was kind of nice to have her to stick to because we're just used to something different on, on traditional sets, you know. Um, yeah. So she and I did become friends. Uh, years after I actually went to her wedding, which was beautiful, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we still stay in touch today. Not not as much so because we don't really work together these days, but mm-hmm. yeah, we've stayed in touch over the years.
0: No, um, who true, else am I in touch
1: is. with? I don't think anybody. I know that was the other no. part of your question. I, I, <laughs> I was, I'm like racking my brain. I think one of the writers and I kind of stay in touch lightly. Um, you know how it is sometimes you'll just yeah, recross cross paths with someone and you're happy to see them and you catch up and then it might be quite a while before you see them again i also don't really do any of the um we have those uh, signing conventions and things here stateside and i don't really go to many of those so i don't i just don't happen to see a ton of them because i don't live in the same area i'm still in california and most of them are are usually on the eastern side
0: yeah yeah of course you uh sorry you uh (laughs) made me laugh and you 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 were saying it was nice to have someone who uh kind of to go through that with because it's not like kind of other things i was just thinking like so there you know there isn't wrestling uh court in hollywood (laughs) it's like such a complete not in
1: hollywood there is wrestling there are wrestling schools somewhere in the southern (laughs) part of um the u.s but that's not the way we came in and there is no like cheat sheet they give you or any kind of like booklet of like and that actually became a little bit of a sticking point early on. It became clear either you guys are going to learn and immerse yourself and become part of this culture and do the secret rules or you're not. And, and um, you know, luckily, I just got on board and figured out the no one tells you the rules either. That's the other thing. It's not like you come and you're new and they're like, OK, here's the top seven things everyone's going to hate you if you don't do every day. You just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was inquisitive and wanted to assimilate and wanted to learn uh some some of them so I so I did I made it a point to learn but it's it's a different transition for sure if you didn't come up through the wrestling ranks so to speak
2: yeah, absolutely so uh, can I ask you? did you do you ever spend much time with with Vince McMahon and um if you did so sort of what his views were on on the sort of the the diva search and that sort of approach to women's wrestling
1: my exchanges with him were pretty minimal um just he, just here and there i mean either him kind of cruising through to give approval on a segment or mm. um i had minimal interaction with him i mean he was always the vince that you see very charismatic yeah. and yeah he he carries himself with quite a stature and he he is also very tall so <laughs>
0: um
1: i never had any uh, I know there's some I know there's some things that have that have come out over the years i I just never had any issues with him, but also i i really did never have any occasion to be on my own with him for any reason so it was yeah, just yeah. kind of light passing and, and you know of course you are going to say hi to the boss and shake his hand and do the do the things um but beyond that, I really had minimal i i couldn't even tell you that we had an, a whole conversation at any point to be honest
0: he's
2: yeah.
0: busy yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um so obviously we used to be huge fans of uh you know do video games you know before we had kids of our own and actually had time to play these things um what were uh, what was your thought you know when you found out you were going to be in a WWE video game
1: uh i they didn't tell me so i actually found out through other people um that's one of the people i stayed friends with at the time for a long time was the company at the time who was taking the photos for the games and the action figures and um of course they had several other action figure type toys they made and I had little kids and it was it was a great friendship uh, so they were the ones that told me it was so strange and so interesting especially since I kind of put together the outfit that they use it just happens to be whatever outfit you were wearing the day they came to take the pictures is kind of how it works mm-hmm. um, so it, I think it's just a, a funny thing to see my kids who were not allowed to play a lot of video games at the time did have that game and the funny thing is one of them used to make me get beat up by everyone and the other one (laughs) used to make me win everything there was. So (laughs) I probably even had the men's championship on that game at my house. Um, I I think it's amazing to see someone just sent it to me through, I think Instagram, uh, that in the new game, I guess people have created me, apparently you can create your own characters. And so Mm. I I was very shocked and uh, grateful to find out that someone's created me in the new game even.
2: Awesome. So can I ask him um, because uh, you sort of mentioned uh, you mentioned that and, and about people um, sort of remembering and reaching out to you from time to time. So how do you find the fan base? Because uh, like wrestling fans seem to sort of like us being two of them seem to be that way. That um, like you say, even though for yourself you consider it a brief sort of tenure, that the yeah. wrestling fans are, are sort of always still there. Do you still find you still get a lot of interaction? Uh,
1: I mean, I think it's all relative, considering the short time that I was there and the length of time that I've been gone, it feels like still a lot. (laughs) (laughs) People that it's that it's even more than two people, it feels like a lot. Um I think what's interesting about the wrestling world and the, the fandom that it has, back then we weren't very far into the world of internet. So there were maybe the chat threads and people kind of bantering back and forth about that, but there were not as many platforms and things as there are today. And I discovered very quickly back in the day, people either really love you or really hate you. Um and will use lots of language to explain why on either side of that spectrum. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just kind of in my experience that the fans that that love me and and uh find something about me, stick with it and wish no harm on me. And then others really couldn't care, you know, about me and so it's mostly fine. I do feel like at this point, for the most part, like 90%, if someone's making a point to like seek me out and find me, probably they like me and are going to be nice to me. So, <laughs> uh, there's still um, a lot of um, either fan pages or fake pages of me that came out very early on when I wasn't claiming my name places. So uh, um, beware.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, I think um, we actually noticed one tried to add us at one point. Yeah, we still that. that. get some big pages here and there. Yeah. <laughs> it happens um...
1: pretty frequently, sadly, but
0: yeah, it's a uh... One of the one of the sad parts of the internet um yeah. so obviously unfortunately you ended up getting released in 2005 and um, but we did get to see you return at uh, wrestlemania 25 as well so just yeah. kind of um you know how did you feel when you found out you were getting released and then also kind of how did the decision come about to, to bring you back in um for wrestlemania 25.
1: i was pretty devastated when i found out i was released um From what I understand, I was kind of the last of that bunch of 50 of us that were all released. I think I might've been the very last phone call. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, my bags were packed by my door to go to the airport in the morning because I was supposed to go out for TV the next day. And the thing that most people don't know is that I had just agreed to fully commit to them and go on the road full time which was not part of my initial deal. I just was there yeah. for TV and pay-per-view and stuff. Um, So I it just felt like the worst. It sounds ridiculous to say, but like almost like a betrayal, because I felt like I was giving up my career I wanted and like giving myself over to this thing because maybe this is just how it's going to work for me. And then no sooner do I and it was a big deal for me to come to that because it meant being away from my kids a lot and all yeah, these extra course, yeah. elements. And um. So then, to be released after that was kind of like oh, just when I agreed to like do all do it all the way. Now you guys are going to release me, so I was pretty, I was pretty devastated. I also didn't know they could do that to be honest, which I know sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but you think if you have a three year contract, it means you have a three year contract. I didn't realize yeah. that they could just at any time be like, and we change our mind. Um, yeah. so. I was pretty upset. Um I understood though that they maybe didn't have a lot of storyline that they could figure out for me at that point, I guess, even though I believe it or not I had pitched several because some part of me thought that would be a good idea and it was not. Um so yeah, I was pretty upset uh for quite a while. Um I got back to, you know, my my other work and made the best of it. Um and then several years had passed. Um I didn't really go to any shows even when they were in town i think i maybe went to one early on just to say hi to everyone because i then you also don't get to see anyone right because they, yeah. they don't let you know your last day is your last day so then also all these people that you've just seen every week for a year you're just never going to see them again and it's not just the talent it's the crew and the, all the other staff and um so i i think i did go back and say goodbye about a year later but uh then wrestlemania 25 i had a friend uh, and he is more in like the the baseball card selling world and those type of things. And he was like, why don't you just go to the show? I was in California still at the time. They were having a, just a regular show in Texas. I think it was a televised show. And he was like, let's just drive across and you can just, you haven't seen anyone for a long time. Just say hi. They do have mania coming up. They've been talking about bringing back a lot of people and kind of hemmed and hawed about it for a while. And finally he convinced me and we made this crazy drive and I just went and said hi. And I do think sometimes that's what it is. It's just in L.A., they call it a go see where it's just you going, saying hi. They see that you look pretty much like you look and (laughs) haven't changed your appearance (laughs) in some drastic way that they would be unhappy about. Um, And then, lo and behold, a few weeks later, uh, they called me and asked if I would if I would like to be a part of it. And I I did.
2: Well, awesome. Um. Uh, so I just uh think it's the last of the rest of the ones. Uh, but um, I just wanted to ask if you you watch the the current product. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like
1: to say yes, just because I don't want anyone to be upset that I don't, but I don't. No, yeah, that's, that's it's more right. of a streaming services kind of gal these days. I cancelled my cable many moons ago. So.
0: Yeah, I think. That's uh, yeah, way that's way kind of away by the way the, the world now. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um. But yeah, no. Um. Obviously, that's. Uh, crazy so thanks for giving us all those insights um so obviously you know kind of we've we've kind of been following you on Instagram for for a while and um obviously you know you're now a renowned psychic medium so you know when did you kind of discover that you had this kind of this gift
1: what the heck happened in there (laughs) I know it seems like a very strange transition what a lot of people don't realize is that before doing acting and modeling when my kids were just i think my daughter was just a baby it was her first year of life i was starting into a career of wellness i learned massage therapy i was learning um, natural medicine and natural healing and so that was my focus and then i just kind of decided i wanted to um what really happened is i was also training and then doing massage and training and i was interested in doing fitness competitions and then modeling started from there so after the WWE implosion, one of the things I did as well as doing appearances and some other acting work was return to the wellness side of things. Um, and then I really got deeper into studying energy and uh, something called Reiki, which is a Japanese system of energy healing and really understanding the chakra system and how our emotions can sometimes cause physical tension or problems in our body. And the more steeped I became in that work, Um, I had already started my own wellness practice and was seeing clients pretty regularly by that time. Uh, I was learning about intuition and, and things like that beyond what we can see because the truth is we're all empathic. I mean, I'm sure that you guys are friends. I'm sure if one of you shows up to set one day and something's off, you kind of know like, Hey, what's wrong? Even if the other one says, no, I'm fine. You know, something's wrong. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's your intuition. Um, And I was doing healing sessions and working with people. And then all of a sudden started to become aware of the best way to say it is it's spirit people, but like invisible dead people standing next to me. (laughs) And I could understand who they were and I could give a few specific details about them, maybe something they would say or some characteristics about them. And it just sort of started happening. And I was like, I didn't even allow those type of tv shows in my house at the time which i know sounds ridiculous um but i was like hold on like what is happening do i want this to happen like am am i supposed to be doing this and how do i even use this so then i sought mentorship and training and uh, actually a lot of my favorite mediums are british so i already love you guys (laughs) Um, and then just really kept training to find out you know did i want to do it or what could it mean and and um how could i help people with it and then i did find out along the way Uh, that my grandma when she lived in italy when she was growing up they lived in a mining community and apparently she would see the the deceased miners walking down with the girls and the mules you know how they used to do that with the old mines so she was mediumistic and just nobody talked about it and nobody told me and she never mentioned it but i guess you know it was one of those things where my dad was like oh yeah your grandma always did see people and see things. And I was like, oh, no one thought to tell me this at all. Wow. And so, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know how sometimes once you understand something as an adult, you look back and things when you were a kid just kind of make more sense, you know? So there are mm-hmm. also those experiences that I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. I did really <laughs> see those three people standing <laughs> there or, you know, little, little things like that. So, yeah.
2: well. Wow. That's, I mean, it's fascinating, to be fair, because um, I'll be honest, I was kind of half expecting you to say, like, you, you've sort of always had that sort of, uh, that connection or whichever. But it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were, I suppose, sceptical may not be the right word, but, like, you were sort That's of a bit word. unsure about, yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, how, how, like, did as you say, was that something that you realised, like you say, there was a lot of things that those experiences had you sort of understood how it all works the way you do now it made a lot more sense to you back then
1: I think it would have like for example when I was a kid I was in Catholic school for a while and part of Catholic school as a kid is they make you go to the mass every week and whenever the priest would be up there at the pulpit, I could see colors around him. I could see his aura, I could see colors moving. I just never, in second and third grade, thought anything of it. I just didn't really, and it's not something you go, even if you went home and told about it, they'd be like, what are you talking about, you know? So it was things like that, that I just, I was like, oh, okay, I was, something was happening, those kind of things, you know? Mm
2: But apologies for, for probing, but... I, I, um, a probe, please. That's
0: why we're here. <laughs> no, I'm just absolutely gone. intrigued. So
2: you, 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 saw, you mentioned colors. So just, I suppose, a bit of an education for myself and and I suppose for for Carl and anyone watching. So yeah. can I ask what, what some of those colors mean? Like yeah, when you, I mean, you say a particular color around the person?
1: So one of the main mentors that I've uh, trained under, his name's Andy Bing. He's actually hmm. from the UK. He's an incredible medium. And he's really been the one to help me understand that each of the colors has a group of specific meanings with right. them rather than just some people will teach it like what what do you feel like that color means that's not it um, they all have very prescribed meanings but there's a group of meanings and then you're kind of right. intuiting what meanings so where sometimes people will ask me oh what color is my aura well truthfully we have all of the colors all of the time just moving in yeah. different ways based on whether it's a core quality of you like perhaps um if someone has the ability to to be a business owner and it is a leader and has a strong personality typically that's in a in a vibrant red that i would see that if someone tends towards uh angry outbursts or aggression or perhaps even tips into alcoholism that's going to be in a red that looks more stagnant or muddy so it's really the color and the quality of the color that helps understand the person it's kind of interesting Oh,
2: uh, it's fascinating so i i, I... We'll book you with follow-up questions, but I didn't find Yeah, no, so, it's
1: okay. I do, you, like
2: it. <laughs> so am I I'm right in saying that does everyone have a color or have you ever encountered people who don't? Does that make sense? And, and what um, would that mean It does make
1: sense. Yeah. Everyone has all the colors all the time because really yeah. what's happening is we're a soul inside a body, right? We're not yeah. a body who has a soul. We're a soul who just has this body. The emanation of our soul is what causes our orc field. So your soul is right. emanating all the time. Um. Typically, I can see them outside of myself, like I see you, if someone is on kind of like a lighter colored wall like I am, if I let my eyes go a little bit soft, I'll just start to see light colors moving around them, maybe blues or yellows um but we all have all the colors moving all the time in different layers if that makes sense so if you have something that just happened this morning on your way in for example that's probably going to be right on top whereas if you have a trauma that happened to you when you were a kid or a a core quality of you like say you're always going to be a person of integrity that's in the deeper colors
2: right
1: Uh, It's probably a lot of information so sorry (laughs) (laughs) no no
2: it's fascinating (laughs) <laughs> so is this is this the type of thing that you you sort of have to do in person? Because I imagine it's it's sort of it, it. Well, obviously you have to interpret the colors, so it must be. Let's say you were looking at us now, you may be able to see something, but it wouldn't be as maybe as vibrant as it would be in person. Is this something you would have to do face to face if you were trying to sort of read someone's aura?
1: No, I can do it uh, via Zoom. Um, I can, I actually don't have to even be looking at the person. I can sense the colors without. Ah, right, okay, yeah. A lot of us. Yes, yeah, because I'm taking it
2: very literally through vision, yeah. but yeah, take place, um,
1: yeah, yeah. but sometimes I can't see it through my physical eyes, really, because you guys are on a um, a background that has lots of colors and lots of parts. It's I can't physically see it, but if you are on yeah, it's solid, a very, lighter color background. Very busy I could. background. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little bit busy and it's dark, so it, I can't <laughs> see it as much. But I mean, we really do have all of the colors. colors. Sometimes I'll use it in psychic readings and then sometimes even in mediumship if someone from the other side's communicating, they might, they all communicate a little differently, but they might show me certain colors to help me understand. Um, I just had someone do this this week where uh, she was, she was a lovely lady and I was getting qualities about her and I didn't quite understand her relationship to my sitter, my client. And then all of a sudden, I saw this really beautiful pale pink, which is typically the color that represents the mother's love. Um, and so I knew that was his mom, and it was. So <laughs> sometimes they'll show it like that.
0: <laughs> well, so like you, you, you kind of mentioned, um, you know, different types of kind of healing and, and methods and, and mm-hmm. things like that. What, what? I think you mentioned uh, Reiki or, or, or Reiki ah. before. What, what are the different kind of um, methods that you typically use?
1: So for me, I feel like there's essentially two buckets of what i do there's healing and then there's reading so healing i am very steeped and trained in reiki i actually train reiki practitioners now too so that's a part of always a part of what i'm doing when i'm healing i also use other um kind of energetic tools to do chakra clearing and balancing and and that kind of thing Uh, and then i'm also trained in something that's called trance healing trance medium healing which uh might be a little farther out there on the woo-woo spectrum for, for your listeners. I feel like we're about to lose everybody right now, um, which is essentially me going into a deeper meditative state and then my healing guides working through my energy in the physical world. So I'm less aware um, during that segment. It's it kind of incredible. I've tested it over the years because I used to do that in my uh, massage practice too. And it's, 90% of the time, once I start moving them to that higher vibration, more of like a quote-unquote trance energy, 90% of people fall asleep during that time. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. And then you kind of bring them back. And then the other bucket, so to speak, is reading, which for me, I my intention always with a session is to attend to the greatest need of the soul in that moment. So sometimes that is hearing from a loved one who's crossed over to the spirit world, but sometimes it's hearing about elements within our own lives, right? If that's the biggest thing, you know, perhaps someone just lost a job or they've got a new baby coming in, that's probably the biggest need of their soul. So I don't necessarily delineate them. This is a psychic reading. This is a mediumship reading. It's just most of them end up being a combination of both, but it's really whatever that person's soul needs in that moment. Does that make sense when I'm explaining it? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Fascinating. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's now I'm using my own lingo that you guys can
0: so. <laughs> know. No, honestly, it's fascinating. do you um do you use like crystals and things? And I know that there's people that kind of put a lot of I have so many of them.
1: Yeah. Um I think use is, is a, a strong word. I, I love them. I think they're yeah. pretty and beautiful. And for me, i encourage people to use them more like you would any reminder like you could also have a plaque on your wall that has a quote that's a, an affirmation you're reminding yourself so if you use it that way um i just was more them, about sort so. of what
2: you put into it yourself
1: yeah i think so mm, yeah. more about the intention and i don't i don't yeah. think they have like magic powers or anything like that um and i feel like if some if someone likes them and enjoys them then yeah have them around but if i i don't think it's gonna do you know no snake oil right I don't, I don't think it's <laughs> gonna do some something magical but I think it is a different way of focusing our energy and and um, concentrating our intentions certainly
2: yeah nice. so um obviously you while, while we're on the sort of topic you you've recently yeah. launched your new podcast which is the the spirit yes. speaking um so I just want to sort of ask a little bit about that about um sort of firstly how it came about and and sort of what the show's about
1: thank you I'm really excited about it. I uh, This is probably going to sound so crazy, so <laughs> thanks for being patient with me. I get a lot of inspiration from, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it comes from my spirit guides. I don't know if it comes from my own soul or my ancestors. I don't know, but I kept getting the nudge to put myself out there in a different way uh, again. And I've been hesitant and I I have a coach myself because I believe we should all practice what we preach and been getting the nudge to do it for a year before I even was willing to touch it, just because you guys can attest, I know everything that goes into it and it's a lot. Um, (laughs) And I'm kind of a (laughs) one-point show over here. So uh, I really had meditated on it quite a bit. I do this thing where I'll kind of meditate on an idea and then I'll go for a walk because I need to like move my physical body and then inspiration will drop in. And what the turning point was for me was I got this inspiration that it's not about I just have this weird thing about putting myself out there in a way like I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to be popular or I'm trying to like capitalize on this in a weird way. But I I got this quote unquote message, if you will, that just look at it as a different way of building community, a safe space for people to get trustworthy information from vetted professionals. So that's really been my intention. It's half interview. So half the time I have um, the way I'm saying it is mediums, mystics, and the spiritual luminaries of our time uh sharing things and I like you guys I ask a lot of questions which I think makes the conversation more interesting right oh yes Richard? that's the
2: fun of it isn't it
1: yeah and then the other half of the time is me doing solo episodes chats either giving um tips or tools the first one I did was the story of how I went from being a WWE diva to a psychic medium which tells kind of more of the the personal side of it too um and then, yeah, little tips and tricks, and eventually, I'm gonna start uh, doing some one-on-one readings in there, so people can kind of see inside a reading and what that looks like for people that you know have never experienced it or don't understand how it works. So a little bit of everything, but I'm pretty excited yeah. about it. It's been a lot of fun so far.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um it, it I, I love the fact that you've got obviously that that mix, that blend of you know, you have um other kind of people to come on the show and you can learn yeah. from them and how they do things, but then you do have these kind of solo episodes where it's kind of, you know, your take on things or you explore different topics. Um one of the things about like your Instagram that I really like as well is just um like you know, just like like the quotes and things that you just put out and it just you, you take a second to just stop and actually think um sometimes with a lot of the questions you ask. So yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoying it. I
1: appreciate that a lot because it is me sitting in my bed late at night, <laughs> coming up with all those question posts and all the quote <laughs> posts and all like I do all of that myself. Still, I'm still in that place, so I, it means a lot to me that you like them.
2: Yeah, awesome. So, um, I think we'll we'll sort of close off by just asking, you know, for anyone who, who's who's watching this and uh, or listening to this, and I uh, may not know if you could sort of tell us sort of how they can sort of. Follow and find yourself uh, and specifically your, your podcast and, and any projects you've got going on.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, the easiest way to connect with me and know that you're connecting with me is just to go through my website, which is joyfulmedium.com. All the social links are there too. Uh, as we talked about, there's lots of fake profiles out there. So to, to make sure you're getting the right one, there are the little icons you just click them. Most of my profiles are at joyfulmedium. Uh, but just double check. And then I do have a free three-day signs mini course that everyone might be interested to try. Uh, you just go to the homepage of that website, joyfulmedium.com and pop your email. It's three mini lessons. So it teaches how to get signs. Like if you see recurring numbers, 11, 11 555, it teaches you what all the numbers mean and how to start understanding when you see them. It also teaches you how to set up a very specific sign with the universe. Like say you had a question if something was right for you how to set up a sign about that and then the third lesson is how to set up very specific intentional signs with any and all of your loved ones on the spirit world sometimes in the spirit world sorry because sometimes we see a sign and then we're like is that someone is it not someone um so I I love teaching that so that's a, a fun freebie that I would love everyone to have who wants it And that really is probably the easiest way to connect with me is joyfulmedium.com through my website i would love it if everyone would come see me and listen to me on spirit speakeasy and that's everywhere you find podcasts which i think you guys have all the same outlets that we do
2: Mm -hmm.
1: over here pretty much um yeah that's that's more or less how to find me but don't be don't be fooled there's lots of lots of imitators (laughs) in every genre out there right
0: Absolutely, awesome. um but yeah, we'll make sure as well that we we share all um stuff across our show, uh, socials as well. We'll put all the the links in the video and things. But honestly, Joy, this is this has been so good, so fascinating as well, and just uh oh, well, great, great guests. To thanks, thanks for coming, on. guys.
1: I'm I'm glad we were able to finally connect.
2: Awesome. Uh, yeah, us too. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much.